0: Welcome to the Post-Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know know Him. him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post-Sunday Podcast.
1: Is going on, everybody. Welcome to Post Sunday Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. I'm here along with Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, my man?
2: Good to be back. We got a lot to dive into. Oh, today, we do. So we I do. can't wait for this. It's
1: gonna be awesome, man. I'm excited. This is podcast number six, episode six. If you guys have been following with us, we have been going through the never ending story year long series. Um, but if you're new with us, thank you for joining us. Post Sunday Podcast is presented by Genesis Church Online. And we're, we're dedicated into really diving deeper into the Word of God this year in particular with our Never Ending Story series. You can check us out on Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast, as well as iTunes and Spotify and your favorite podcasting platform. We're available there. But we would love for you to really get the bulk of this at our Genesis Church live service on Sundays at 9 o'clock and 11. I said it wrong again.
2: Yeah, 930.
1: 9 30. Oh my gosh. Why am I doing that? 9 30 and 11. Sorry. 9 30 and 11. It'll
2: take a few moments. <laughs> Hopefully, we will know when our church services start. Because <laughs> you got to be there, Adam.
1: Hey, exactly. I'm just told when to get up. Yeah. You know, once I know the the, the music's starting, um, that's my cue. But uh, and everything else, too, you can find us at genesischurchorlando.com. Uh, for all the information, but we are going through Genesis chapter Twelve? 12, yes, yes.
2: Probably up to 18. That That's where we were supposed to be. Yes. Um, I think we only got through like five <laughs> verses yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like I tell people, it's like I can rush through it. Yeah. You can go read it. We can come back to this podcast at the same time. Like that's that's the beauty of the Bible. Like we can sit in five verses for yeah. longer than we did yesterday. And and you can work your way through God's story that way as well because it's so deep and so rich. So that that's the amazing part about it. So today hopefully we can kind of get through some of that other stuff as people are reading yeah. the other chapters along with us and and we can help kind of give some context some backstory and some insight into some things maybe they wouldn't see or or haven't heard before.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's been fantastic, man, to get the feedback that we have, you know, first and foremost, that's been fantastic from everybody. Uh, I love how you opened up, man. You kind of opened up and closed with the same thing. I love that. Like everything just kind of ties in together, but you said you are always one decision away from totally from a totally different life. And I think that's super appropriate when it comes to the central character that we are, focusing on this week. Uh, tell us about them.
2: Yeah, I mean, you do take that statement. It's true for everybody. So, you know, th- there are people coming after the service, you know, some of them in tears mm. because decisions they made were uh, were dictating the consequences and the ramifications of life that they're currently in. And so they're looking back going, man, that one decision I made, Crazy. that one wrong decision I made, that one decision i made an emotion or or you know uh when i was stressed the ripple effect it has now caused. so it's it's you know there's decisions we make that have bad consequences yeah. and there's decisions we make that have good consequences and you look at the story of abraham and that is it one decision changes his life forever Crazy. and ultimately changes our life forever because of it and so yeah. it is that reality you know uh, the beauty of the scriptures you know God's mercies are new every morning. Right. And so every day you wake up, you have a chance to make a new decision that can change your life forever. Yeah. So that, that's the great part of
1: it. I love it, man. I love it because it, it really correlates too with Noah. You know, we spoke about him last mm-hmm. week. Um, and just one decision, away of being obedient and how that can change the course of not only your life, but many other people as well. Um, There's a lot to unpack here, man, but you, uh, I wanted to go into the, you mentioned 10 tests that Abraham, uh, went through, um, unless you have something, you know, prior that you want to really gear towards, but I, I know you wanted to elaborate some deeply into these. Uh, and so talk to us a little bit about the 10 tests that Abraham faced, uh, once God, uh, once, once basically God told him, Hey, listen, I want you to take a leap of faith, uh, and you know. And abandon everything, pretty much that you know to trust me. Um, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, some context yeah. prior. You, and you, then
2: you, you, for all those that are listening and, and and joining in on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, like let's just let's just start unpacking it mm-hmm. because that's what this is about. You know, let's let's get in here and let's let's dive a little bit deeper. And you know, for some people, they didn't realize that there were ten different tests. And when you're talking about obedience and you're talking about following God's calling surrendering to what God has asked of you. um, We, we often find out or discover that doesn't mean everything is just perfect. Mm. You know, as a matter of fact, what we find out is sometimes we're going through tests and trials and God is discovering more of what's in our heart and seeing more of our obedience throughout the process. And some people just didn't realize that Abraham goes through 10 different tests. And as we keep saying, um, obedience is not about how fast you respond, but how long you're willing to stay nice. in it. And and that's the key to Abraham. And when we talk about Abraham, like that's that first question we were asking, like, who is this guy? The people who grew up in church are like, yeah, I know who Abraham is, but if you didn't or you weren't in church or you're new to the faith... You can't open up God's story from beginning to end and not read something about Abraham or read something written that says, you know, the terms are forefathers. Mm-hmm. Even God himself said, I am the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. And so there's this reference back, Paul writes about him, even Matthew you know, I think that's, that's the key here is like you open up the very first book in the new Testament, the very first verse in the new Testament, Matthew, disciple of, of Jesus. And, and he says the book of the genealogy of Jesus. And so he's letting, you know, I'm going to tell you about Jesus and where he came from, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Mm. And so he makes a point right up front to bring this back to Abraham because Abraham is the forefather of our faith. And so when you look at this story, like it's so easy to apply it to our lives because there are so many of us that want to obey God or hear God calling, but we have so many things we wrestle through. Mm-hmm. Questions, fears, confusion, doubt, all these things, trusting God, that that, that what he's saying he's actually going to do. And Abraham is no different. You know, even though we see him staying faithfully obedient we still see him facing these trials and, and and these tests all the time. And, you know, so we only got through like verse four yesterday, you know, yeah. but you get right into verse five and you find out that you have you have Abram and you have his wife Sarai, you know, because their names haven't been changed yet, his his nephew Lot and, and his son. And then it says they had all their possessions, all the people they had gathered and acquired in Haran, and they set out to the land of Canaan. So they're not where God's gonna take them yet, yet. Here you start to find out that they even have some things that they're having to take along with them. And what we discover is that his father is no longer with him in the story. Mm. So here's his father who we know in Joshua 24 tells us that he served other gods and, and he's not in the story any longer. Abraham has now left his father's home, his, his house, his family, because of God's calling, because of his encounter with God. And there's so many people that are struggling in their faith because that's how they feel. I've had to leave my family. I've had to leave, you know, under the umbrella of my home, you know, metaphorically, in the sense of I'm the first Christian or I'm the first Christ follower. I'm the first one to really put my faith and trust in Jesus. My family believes in this religion or my family doesn't believe in a religion. And so those people can relate to Abraham at the very onset of the story, which is a very beautiful thing, when you talk about you know how how can I see my story within God's story, right? Yes. And and so, one of the things that I think is key here is that um, when you when you're looking at the verse in 24 verse three, it says then God took your father Abraham from across the river. And so, for those that are listening and wanting to kind of like to know a little bit of insight, that word "across" is is a Hebrew word. That, that symbolically means one who comes across is actually the root of the word Hebrew, which Abraham is the first Hebrew person we find in Scripture. And so this idea of comes across or comes across to the other side is telling for the fact that that's the story of Abraham. He comes across. He comes across from his family. He comes across from their traditions. He comes across from their patterns, and he is set apart for that and many times in our lives to be obedient to God we have to cross over something that barrier of fear that barrier of of tradition that barrier of comfort whatever it is and we have to come across it to really experience God's goodness and blessing and and this is being told at the very beginning of the story of Abraham um i think and i think you would you would really enjoy this part obviously because of the role you play here in Genesis but what's telling about Abram at the very beginning is his heart. It's not only to obey, but it's the reality of the encounter he has had with God has flipped his life upside down completely, completely. And so you have some people like, hey, I'm trying to find God or I'm just discovering God. And then you have these stories of people like, I met God and everything changed in the blink of an eye. And you're like, how? And then you read the story of Abram And so in verses 7 and 8, it says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. And so he's continuing to tell him about the promises. He's in the land of Canaan and and all this stuff. And then it says, so he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So his immediate response is worship. Worship immediate response, I'm going to build an altar, I'm going to sacrifice, and I'm going to worship God here. And then it tells us in verse 8 that he moves on and he moves to a different land, and then he gets to a new land, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon his name. Everywhere this guy shows up, he starts worshiping. I mean, that that, that speaks to you, obviously, and what you do here at Genesis, but for what you're called to teach us to do.
1: Yeah, building pillars and building things that uh, just really show... You know, you, you almost like stop and acknowledge God in the yeah. moments of those, those, those crucial pivoting moments. Like, all right, I'm in a, I'm in a crossroad here, but in this crossroad, I'm building an altar and I'm yeah. worshiping you. Cause I don't know what's next, but all I know that I can do is lift you up and exalt you.
2: Yeah. So. I mean, how, how many times are people just completely in no man's land? Mm. That's really where Abraham is as a moment. God has not taken him where he's going to take him. He doesn't know what that is. Hey, go to a land I will show you. He mm-hmm. doesn't name it, doesn't <laughs> lay it out there, and yet he's worshiping him along the way because it's all he can do exactly. is just do that. And that's a that's beautiful awesome. thing to see into the heart of Abram, and and obviously God sees that. That's why he's chosen Abram. Some people are like, why, why God choose this guy? Out of all the people on the earth, why he choose this guy? Mm. Well, he obeys immediately. His heart is just bent to worship, and you're you're seeing this. Now, you said the tests. Um, I think it's fitting to talk about them today because there are so many people that are feeling like they're being tested right now. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, like, you know, is, is, uh, is this test of God or is this test from the enemy? And I tell people all the time, and we said it yesterday, God likes to test us. He likes to test our faith. Satan likes to test our fears and we have to be very careful on not mixing those when we get afraid to start thinking that the test is now, you know, some ploy by Satan or the enemy to, to, to destroy us when it could be very well a test from God to ask, hey, what path are you going to take right now? What choice are you going to make? Are are you going to try to create this on your own? or Are you going to trust me? Are you going to, are you going to step into that, that wrong thing right there? or Are you going to try to separate yourself, come across as we just said, and, and stand apart from that type of a deal. But that first test is famine. So you think about go from your land, go from your home, go from your family, and then you show up to a place that has no food, no water. Like God, where am I and what I'm doing? What am I doing? This is like showing up to a job that you were promised, and then the company's like, "Hey, um, we haven't been able to open that position yet. You're gonna have to take a temp job somewhere else." Like as a husband, what do you go tell your wife? You know, like how defeated are you? You moved your whole family to some place, and the job you thought it's not playing out right, and so. Abram goes with his family and all that he has, and now there's famine in the land. Um, it's a reminder, though, uh, as we look at it, is that Abraham doesn't give up. He doesn't quit right away when things get tough. That's a conversation I have with my son all the time. You know, uh, It's so easy just when things get tough to go, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, I- I'm cashing in. I'm, I'm out on that. And and yet to really root in and keep trekking and keep going, mm-hmm. you know. And you know this because you know being in the fitness world, you know the people that walk in and they want immediate results. Like, hey, am I going to see a difference in seven days? And you're like, nope.
1: <laughs> the ones that make it are the ones that really approach it as a journey. Yeah. As a, uh, you know, rather than uh, they approach it as a marathon more than a sprint. Right. They know that this is you know a progressive thing. I'm building something. It's a process. When you got that type of mindset, it really, really helps you have longevity, Um, not only in fitness, but I think in a lot of different areas in your life. You're able to withstand a lot because you've prepared your heart for it. Yeah. Um, You know, and and we look at it here with Abram, Abram, like, you, you came from comfort. You came from, you know, you were set, you were rich, you had all these things, and now you are. Back to the beginning. Yeah. You know, like, so, and it's a beautiful depiction of God stripping away our comfort to show us that he is truly in control.
2: Paul writes in Romans 5, he says, uh, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Like, like he that. shows you, that, like, the suffering not only gives you something, It builds, it's building, as you just said, it's, it's, it's that marathon mentality that I'm going to receive something now. And if I keep enduring through this, whatever test it is or trial, it's going to build something else on top of that and something beyond that. And that's the beauty of it. I think, I think the, the crazy one to really wrap your head around when you get into the story of Abram is test number three. So he's, he's on his way to Egypt because there's a famine in the land they're at. Egypt is, got, is plentiful and bountiful. I think that's a different picture than people have of Egypt because you see the pyramids and you see everything there and you think like dry desert. They don't realize like how lush it is. It's why um, when you read Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, they keep saying we would rather go back then die out here because they're actually in the wilderness. And back in Egypt, it's very lush and the rivers are flowing. And so it's a different picture. I think a a reality than the picture people have in their heads. And we're always talking about that. Let us help you change the pictures Mm. in in your minds to to what it really is. But it's this story of Abram looking at his wife and saying, listen, um, if Pharaoh knows you're my wife, they're going to kill me and take you because you're beautiful. So he's got this beautiful wife. The scriptures talk about it. Like they they literally tell you that she's beautiful. He's saying, because you're beautiful. And so he says, tell them that you're my sister so they won't kill me. Now there's all kinds of ways to kind of come at this story because there's different perspectives and different scholars and, and things like that. There's, there's kind of two things happening in this at once, right? Um, For those of you that you're reading along obviously i'm not giving anything away it's the bible it's right there it's not like you're you know you're 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 messing up someone wait (laughs) spoiler alert yeah don't spoil it for (laughs) me like no it's there um but the you know pharaoh takes sarai from him because they think it's his sister and he's going to take her to be his wife you know and and so um Then as he's getting ready to bring her in to his harem or whatever it is or whatever, God strikes him down with plagues. And I don't know if he we don't know if he consulted with his, you know, uh, magicians or or whatever. Um, But they realize your God is doing this and it's because something's not right. And then they realize this is his wife and they give her back to him and then they send them on their way. And they even allow Abraham to keep all of the riches that he was given. Wow for the trade of his sister and what they thought, right? So that's a quick summary of the story. There, there's two things happening. First of all, there's kind of a a, a foreshadowing of, of Abram's trust and belief in God, even in the story of Isaac, when God calls him to sacrifice his own, own son. This is back to the very beginning of Genesis 12. God promised he would bless the world through me. And so... Um, whatever situation we're in right now, I'm trusting that God is going to do what God is going to do. There is a little bit of, of peace in this though of Abram has taken the story into his own hands. Right. And so for whatever reason uh, he's looking at going, they're going to kill me. So let's lie and say, you're my sister and you're not my wife. And I would say anybody in that situation would probably do the same thing it's really easy to pick up a stone and be like, well, he lied. That's a sin, that's a sin right? And he's trying to preserve his life in the moment and think about what's the best option right here to preserve both of us, right? Um, and so you have that going on, and yet um, where did it get him, right? It gets him in this, really, this this chaos of plagues being brought down on, on Pharaoh, of them kicking him out, of they could have killed him at that moment, right? Yeah. Um, The difference is this. What it shows is that even when we mess up sometimes, God is still faithful to his promises because God, it says, brings the plagues down to stop Pharaoh from taking her to be his wife. So from ultimately, you know, consummating this 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 relationship. He stops it before it gets there. So God interjects and intervenes, showing us that God is always watching what's t- taking place, and God will make sure his plan is playing out, even when we take a wrong step sometimes. And that is not to give people an excuse like, well, then see, I can do whatever I want, and God will still provide or God will still faithful. What it shows is that no one's perfect. Often in the midst of all of our tests, we will sometimes make that wrong decision, that wrong choice. God is still always faithful. Even when we're messing up.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I think that happened twice, right? Yes. basically, pretty much happened twice. Um, but like when you're faced in that situation, dude, I think nine, nine out of 10 people would, they're looking for a way to preserve themselves. You know what I mean? So it's, easy to point the finger here but at the same time i think when we're all facing that difficult situation we probably would go the route that abraham went um
2: you take test number four and you've got mm -hmm. you know he rescues his nephew his nephew lot um who has been uh been taken captive and it's funny because it goes back to part of the story though you see the difference in abram and even Lot, and there's this this story where their herdsmen are now arguing because they've they've got so much wealth, so, much, uh, so many sheep and, and whatever, cattle, and a lot of that was given by Pharaoh in Egypt that now the herdsmen are saying, listen, there's not enough land for all of us, and they're bickering and fighting, mm-hmm. so Abram comes along and he said, listen, we're not going to do this, we're family, and then he defers to Lot, his nephew. He could have easily said, I'm taking this plot you take that plot, but he says, you pick the plot, and what's crazy is, it tells us, and these are the clues in scripture that I'm hoping that, like, through the podcast people are getting, it tells us in chapter 13, verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes, and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, so they've come out of the famine, he gets to this place, they go back to Egypt, because it's well watered, now they get to choose land, and he's looking for the most lush Lavish land possible, mm-hmm. so you're getting a glimpse into his heart of, I want the very best, right? Um, like the land of Egypt, it says in the direction of Zor, and then it says this. So Lot chose for himself all the, jo- all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. There's that word again, east. Adam and Eve get sent east of the Garden. Cain gets sent east to wander towards, you know, uh, towards no man's land, wow. and so. Every time you say he goes east, like we're not to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah yet, but it's a glimpse of he went that way. You know, now that's not to freak people out and be like, if my compass on my car GPS is
1: turned. <laughs> Do <laughs> to never go east. Go east. like I'm never
2: going on the 408 <laughs> east again. It's a, it's a, it's like a, a little light bulb that goes off. Mm. Uh, uh foreshadowing like, hey, something more is coming. Cause when you go, when they go east, something always goes wayward. And yet, here lot chooses the best land because it's such great land he gets taken captive in this battle and abram goes out 318 men i believe it is and he he, he defeats the armies and he brings him back mm. and it once again demonstrates this loyalty this character and this selflessness that even though my nephew chose the best and i probably know that and i took what was ever what was left over and he t- got taken captive, my loyalty and my character and my selflessness to go get him and bring him back. And so yeah. here's that test again, and Abram is showing that, hey, there are moments where maybe I want to take it in my own hand, you know, hey, Sarah, you're my sister, not my wife, but ultimately he keeps obeying God and keeps showing this worshiper heart, this selflessness inside of him, and this is why God is choosing to use him.
1: Yeah. No, I mean that's fantastic. Um, but once again, man, he kind of gets back into trying to take things into his own hands again, and that's where another test with Hagar and the birth of of you're correct the son.
2: Yeah, and and you know, and that's not to to, to pass the blame on Sarah. You know, it's it's there there are a couple. She comes to him and says, yeah. "Hey, I can't give you this son. I want you to take this mistress." Mm-hmm. And so I'm always I'm always. Um, taken back and then probably laugh a little bit inside when people are like well you know like people in the bible they had more than one wife you know they they did this they did that and it's really because they're trying to justify their own wrong actions right or they're they're wanting to think that they should be allowed to do something that they know really in their heart they shouldn't and i always look back at stories like this and, and it's like they're like you know well well abram had a child with his mistress, not his wife. And yet he's the forefather of the faith. And I'm like, go back and read it though. How much chaos did it create? Yes. Right. Because it wasn't intended to be that way. And that's yet yeah, they took it into their own hands And they created this crazy chaos where Sarah and and Hagar, you know, now she's jealous of her. She wants her banished. Now you got Abram wrestling through. She's not my wife, but that's my son. And now if I banish her, I've got to banish him. And it just shows the chaos of things when you take it into your own
1: hands. How complicated it can be. Yes. Yes. Yeah, man.
2: And so it once again goes back to God's way is better, Mm -hmm. right? And so what God lays out. Always has a better outcome than when we try to walk it out ourselves. That's
1: crazy. Yeah, that's really good, man. And so obviously, he's not a young buck. He's obviously uh, waiting for the promise of his son. Yep. Um, but he's still going through some difficult tasks. Uh, circumcision was another test that he faced.
2: Yeah, and we laughed about that because, you know, he's 75. Some people goodness. hear this. <laughs> you know, like, he's, I mean, Anybody past being born, you know, doesn't want to have to have that happen at any point in their life. You know, that's why they do it so so young. You know, yes. but it's it's for him, it's for his son, it's for the the men that all around him. Like, and so there are all these tests and there are all these commands of God, and Abraham keeps kind of passing them, which is a beautiful thing. And you, you think about like even even when Melchizedek comes back and he's the king of Salem and he wants to lavish him, uh, with, with, with gifts. It says that Abraham gives him a 10th of everything that he has. So here's, here's where you begin t- for the first time to see this, this concept biblically of tithe a 10th of what I have, um, married with like a, a sacrifice that we see, you know, Abel bring before God, um, But Melchizedek is like, no, take all the stuff. And he says, no, I'm not taking anything from you at all um, because I don't want people to think that's why I did this Mm. so that I would get rich. He says, just feed my men and that's enough. And it's once again showing like the biblical character and integrity of this man that I am here to honor and please God. God will provide for me. I don't need to chase it, grab it, hold on to it, create it myself. Yeah. All of it's gonna come from him. And that that's why we read about him, you know, all throughout the scriptures. You know, then like you said, he God promises him, listen, then because of what he does with Melchizedek, you 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 we see chapter fourteen and then we see fifteen like it's a new story. But it's at the end of that chapter when he tells him, Listen, I don't need anything. Mm. I don't want anybody to think I did this for any other reason. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram and said, fear not, I am your shield, your reward, and your reward shall be very great. And then he takes him out. And this is where we read, look up at the stars. Your your descendants would be as many as the stars. So God shows up on the back end of him saying, I don't need any of that. Wow. I'm just going to trust the provision of God. And God says, oh, okay, I'll be your shield. And I'm going to show you how great your reward is because what I just saw in your heart. Mm. Go look at the stars. So like when it flows, you're like, oh wow, it's not a separate story. It's, it's part of the story. And that, that's the beauty of it. And that's where like, when we started yesterday in our service and while we're here on this podcast, what makes Abraham so uh, so central to the story of God. We're calling this never-ending story this year. You know, some people are like, we love the series you're in. I'm like, well, we're not in a series because series kind of like change. We're more like in an adventure. Mm. <laughs> we're in a biblical adventure from beginning to end throughout this whole year. And you you read in the scriptures and and so you get to, to the book of Romans and Paul writes these words in Romans chapter 11 verse 1 he says i ask then has god rejected his people by no means for i myself am an israelite a hebrew a descendant of abraham a member of the tribe of benjamin so paul is proclaiming listen i belong to the to the family of abraham i'm a descendant from him i'm one of from the i'm from the 12 tribes of 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 of, you know i'm from benjamin and so he's proclaiming this at the beginning of this chapter but then he says this in verse 13 but now i'm speaking to you gentiles so you make sure you know i'm in hebrew i'm an israelite inasmuch then as i'm an apostle to the gentiles all the non hebrew people i magnify my ministry verse 16 he says if the dough offered is as first fruits is holy so is the whole lump. So he's saying if something was brought first to a certain group, when it's given, it's given to the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And this is a key part of scripture that I think people miss, they misunderstand, they don't really hone in on, because I think this is what flips the story of God upside down in your life. Verse 17, but if some of the branches were broken off, and you... He's talking to Gentiles. So anybody listening to my voice right now that is not Jewish, it's not a Hebrew, you're a Gentile, says, and you, although a wild olive shoot, so he's saying like you're a shoot over here, this wild (laughs) olive shoot, were grafted among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. Mm. My dad had a landscaping business before he became a pastor. So I know all about taking a a shoot of something and grafting it into the root of something else to grow it together. They'll do this with fruit. They'll they'll do this with trees, you know, all that kind of stuff. He says, you were brought in and grafted into this. He says, do not be arrogant towards the branches, Mm. right? Don't be arrogant towards your Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ, right? If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root supports you. And that root is not, uh, and, and people, they, they, they miss this. Obviously, Messiah is in everything. Jesus is in everything, everything. Everything is about the Messiah. That's the blessing from Abraham that God promised. But the root that he's talking about within this context, the root was always Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. That is the root of where our faith began. That is the root. That's why we call them the forefathers of our faith. So he says you are grafted into this root. Don't be arrogant and think that you can step outside of it and make it be something else. You have come into it, and it is the root abraham isaac jacob that support you and we miss that and so what it does is we forget that jesus is jewish paul the person who's writing has already told you i am jewish i'm an Israelite. i'm from the tribe of benjamin mm-hmm. i'm from the descendants of abraham and when we miss that we make jesus something he's not we make paul something he's not we make the story of god something it's not yeah and we can't do
1: that no that's that's wow that's fantastic man he, he went on, uh, you know, of course, at the end of it all, you know, the sacrifice of yeah. his son, Isaac. I think, you know, with these tests, I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a centralized on obedience. And I think if you, you want to see the hand of God in your life, it's got to come first through obedience. I can only trust who is willing to embrace, you know, um, my life, my rules, right? My, you know, with, with my kids, I love them all but maybe one or two of them cuz i have three will listen to me and obey me yeah and 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 uh you know i'm not trying to to be specific with one or show you know love to one and not the other but there is something unique about the one that may obey me yeah. i feel like i can trust them more i feel like i can provide uh, I, there's something a little different because of their uh, obedience and so i think uh the central li- the central point here is a re- obedience um I don't know if you want to get into a little bit more with the sacrifice of we'll Isaac. We'll do that or, because or we'll do the story
2: in a few weeks. I, yeah. I, w- I would say as we're wrapping up, I would close with this, especially for all those listening is to really soak in and absorb that perspective of you are part of Abraham's offspring. When you mm. come to the faith in Christ, you know, it is what Galatians three says. If you are Christ's, then you're Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise so when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, I am an offspring of Abraham. I receive the same promises of God's blessing for me and my life, in me, through me, around me, beyond me, because that's what God does. And I, I think this is interesting. I think we touched on it back when we did the Galatians series, but I think I just want to hit and probably land and close with this. The Hebrew word for Gentile, is goy g-o-y right and it really just means nation or ethnicity so anytime the writers are talking about the gentiles they're really saying you of a different ethnicity mm. right you're not an israelite you're not hebrew descent you, you're you're outside of our ethnicity right um and and so what i think is fascinating is that before we really discovered the word christian you know, because we would say, no matter what ethnicity you are, you know, once we're in Christ, we're all Christians. In the faith early on, there was a way for a Gentile to convert to Judaism legally, and mm. they would do that with uh, a rabbi's authority, and, and when they did that, they would no longer be referred to as goy or Gentile. They would now carry the term, you are a son of Abraham or a daughter of Abraham. Wow. This is how they defined you, that if you came into the faith as an outside Gentile, different ethnicity, you are no longer that. You now carry the title son of Abraham, daughter of Abraham. And the beauty of that is that we don't have to go through legal Judaic, you know, conversion. Paul tells us that in Christ Jesus, when we surrender our life to the Messiah, we all now become Abraham's offspring. And you take like the words of Jesus, and we'll close with this verse, Matthew 8, 11. He tells them, he says, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Now those words have a new picture and a new depth because he's saying, listen, they're going to come from everywhere, from every." quote unquote ethnicity, but they don't carry that Gentile title or that national title or nationality whatever they are, ethnicity. They are now reclining at the table as sons and daughters of Abraham with Jacob and Isaac in the kingdom of heaven. So even Jesus makes Abram this, this central piece of the story of what the kingdom of God is all
1: about. Yeah. I love, and again, how you wrapped everything up with the decision. But there was one thing you mentioned, and uh, we'll kind of close with this, but do what God is asking and experience what God promises. And I think that's such a powerful thing, man, obedience, humility. I think you see it all over the story of Abraham and his life and just different situations that he faces um, that really uh, show the similarity of what we face in our life as well, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to have to make decisions that are really challenging, Abraham did. Um, and and the, so there's a lot of tie-in to his life, our life, um, obviously a different generation, different times, but same same concept, same obedience you know, that God it's is It's that for. thing,
2: fear today for someone is going to cause them to hold on to something far less than what God wants for them. Mm. And the enemy knows that. Yeah. And that obedience that to do what God is asking you to do is to let go of whatever that thing you're clinging to in fear. That's when you experience
1: the blessing. And
2: that was the call of Abram. Leave this. And I've got seven blessings waiting for you along this adventure.
1: That's fantastic. You can check out a a little bit more of those. Pastor spoke a little bit on those seven blessings too. uh, Last on Sunday. Uh, but again, everything stems down from our never ending story, the adventure. That's, uh, I like that adventure. Uh, and we're going through that. So join us Sundays at 9 30 and 11 o'clock at GenesisChurchOrlando.com. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook under that, Genesis Church Orlando. Um, and also too, don't forget to subscribe to our uh, iTunes, Spotify. We would love, love, love to get some ratings there and really bump up, uh, you know, just the viewership and, and exposure to this podcast. And we are also on Instagram too. So post Sunday podcast, you can find us at that hashtag. Um, and we would love to just get your follow. Any questions? Just uh, hit us up. We love to just be in the conversation with you guys and talk all Bible and all faith and God and Jesus and all of it. So very passionate about that. But we thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you were blessed by this episode and we'll see you guys back here next week. Peace and peace.
0: Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast presented by Genesis Church, a place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.